Welcome to the Mob Squad, where real moms of boys juggling life, love, a clean house, and being outnumbered by balls. We say bad words, we vent, we cry, we laugh a lot, and sometimes we can be a bit inappropriate. But hey, we're moms of boys, so anything goes. Let's face it, we have real shit, and we know you do too. Life gets hard and messy, but we're not alone, and we're never quiet. We know you're one of us, and we're so glad you're here. So grab your favorite drink, fill up that bathtub, or get your fitness on, and let's get this podcast started. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up and let's go. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Arielle. And I'm Amanda. Today, we're going to talk about debt and money. And I don't know why I have to make it weird. I don't know, because it is weird. It's a a heavy, hard topic. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. Nobody wants to talk about it. I don't Everybody even want to talk about it with like, my husband. Well, yeah. Well, that's the worst person to talk about it with. <sighs> I just want to run <laughs> the exact opposite direction of wherever <laughs> he's at when we talk you know, about finances. I mean, finances, I think, is one of the number one causes of um, divorce. marital problems and divorce. Yeah. yeah. Communication and money, I think, are the two biggest ones. I'm not 100% sure I didn't I look think that up. finances but is the number one. When I was in college, we learned about this in our, I was mm-hmm. took a marriage and family counseling uh, class. Mm-hmm. And I thought about becoming a marriage and family counselor at one point in my life. I wish I did so I could solve my problems. But <laughs> here we are. <laughs> we have the podcast to solve our problems. <laughs> it's so funny because before I thought about doing this subject, I was thinking about it and it really is like therapy. Like I'm going to put myself out there today and be totally vulnerable. And it's scary. And when I thought mm-hmm. about it, I was kind of like shaky anxiety. Like yeah, I felt vulnerable just thinking about it. And but you know, I, I'm all about being authentic and true. And when I was thinking about whether I should talk about this today or not, I thought about like how I used to feel about my body. (laughs) But like, I don't know. I just feel like the older I get, the more you stop caring about things. Yeah. And I used to be like insecure about my body, not insecure about my body, but like didn't feel comfortable with it enough to be like free about Mm -hmm. it. I feel like it's something that everybody kind of like hides sometimes, you know, like you have sex with the lights off or whatever. And I became empowered with that when I gave birth because I gave birth at home and you just have to, I mean, you're, when you're in labor, you don't give a fuck. You're like, just get it out of me. Everybody can see you. I don't care who sees me. Just get this thing out of me. Just get it out. (laughs) Well, you're also like in a zone. I feel like kind of, well, at least I was because I was not on any pain medication. So like you're focusing on that. But anyways, what I was trying to say about that was you realize like everybody has a body. Everybody has flaws. Everybody has things they don't like about themselves. Like there's literally no perfect human beings, like whether that's physically or mentally or emotionally or anything. So yeah. why should I hide or pretend like it doesn't exist or that there, that nobody has problems, you know? So I'm kind of calling it out and something I learned at the wellness resort. And you can listen to that episode. We did an episode on it was Um, I think it was the last one. What I learned there was bringing awareness to something like you can't Mm -hmm. change anything unless you have an awareness about it. So I'm aware of this. This, That's not the issue. But also she said something about calling it out Mm -hmm. and that just by like naming it or saying it out loud, you're now like taking away some of its power. Yeah. Because pretending like it's not there doesn't fix anything. And in fact, it probably makes it worse. Yeah. You feel terrible. Yeah. Right. And it's bottled up inside because you can't you don't want to share it with anybody how embarrassing, especially right. when the world around us seems to have it all together. Right. They just have the world's deepest pockets and they're getting it all done. <laughs> right. And we're like, hmm, what's going on How here? does that like, even happen? How is that? It literally leaves me mind boggled sometimes. Yeah, me too. Good. So we're not alone. You're and not I, alone. And I know that if we're not, if we can talk about this stuff and 
understand each other. I know somebody else out there can relate to or understand or feel the same way. So if we help just one person, then this episode was worth it. The weight of debt is such a huge stressor. Like Mm -hmm. I have never been so stressed out in my life. Never also been in so much debt in my life. Yeah. But it, it, like you said, we were talking about the marriage stuff. It has caused so much stress and conflict between Mm -hmm. us that I've just, I've never been in this place in my marriage or financially. So it's just really, really scary. It's a lot to deal with. And then as a parent, when we're dealing with those heavy things, how do you then be a good parent because your world literally feels like it's crumbling around you. You're fighting with your husband. You're dealing with the stress. You're just, you're not engaged. You're stressed. You're overwhelmed. Like it's hard to be a nice person because you're so stressed, you know? And I'm definitely guilty of taking things out on people I love. I'm not saying I'm taking it out on my kids, but I just, it's harder for me to not snap at them or be frustrated easily because I am so overwhelmed. Well, and you're, you you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. And when you're feeling stressed out, you're exhausted, You your energy levels are drained, your happy mood right. is nowhere to be found. And the kids pick up on that energy. Totally. Even if you're not taking it out on them per se, right? Like intentionally, they can still feel- Like directly. Like whatever mood or vibe you're rolling with that day, they can totally. feel that, right? Totally. So they know something's up. Even if you're doing the best job ever keeping it from them, they still know. Right. There's something- Right. Same thing when you like are fighting with your spouse and you pretend totally. like you're fine in front of your kids. They know. So it's like, how, what do you do with that? Like, how do you how do you not put the, your kids through it? You know, they're part of our family and they're going to be around us and there's nothing I feel like I can do. So I just feel very out of control right now. But I wanted to talk about this topic today because I know that I'm not alone. And I'm not embarrassed by it. I'm just going to totally roll with this. So I did look up the national debt because I think this is an important concept to understand. The United States has $3.9 trillion in debt. And the national debt, like if we can't even rely on or trust our government not to be in debt, then how can we as citizens be expected to not be in debt? Right. And I do, without being like too political, I do think the whole system is designed to keep us in debt, is designed to keep us slaves to the system. It's it's designed to make us lifelong busy bee workers and while the rich and the elite get to do whatever they want to do. And I'm not talking about rich like you're a millionaire. I'm talking about the billionaires, the people Mm -hmm. who have the like insane amount of monies that nobody can really understand conceptually. Those are the people that I feel like kind of run our country, actually run the world. But anyways, um, I got that information from usdebtclock.org and then it showed a cool stat. It said per citizen, that debt for the US is about 95,000 per citizen for the United States. And then per taxpayer, and I don't know why this is a different number. Per citizen, per citizen versus per that, taxpayer? Yeah, versus first taxpayer. It had a number for taxpayer was higher, was $248,542. What does that number include? Is that like your your house? and Or is that like credit card debt? And- no, 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 this is the US national, like the, like the $3 trillion, or, mm-hmm. sorry, $31 trillion broken up by citizen. Oh, oh, okay. So the national debt is broken 30. up by okay. So yeah. then that would include humans in our country. It wouldn't People, like citizens. So would so children Not would be included in, on that number, right? And then taxpayers would be anybody who's working and paying taxes. So that's how they. 
but why is that different? If you're a citizen, well, are you paying taxes? Not if you're 10 years old. Oh, that's true. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't figure it so out. So that takes into account every human yeah. in our country. Well, that's a citizen. That's a citizen. Every because there's a lot of illegal citizen. people here. Yeah. And, and, but that's, but you know, I mean, a lot of people, not to be political, but a lot of people do get upset about illegal immigrants because we do pay for their medical bills and things mm-hmm. like that when they're not paying taxes. And so yeah. obviously that plays into it. What, what, no matter what you believe, that plays into it. Well, it contributes to the debt. So it does yes. contribute to the debt. And so it's understandable to, you know, be bothered by that, I think. So that just goes to show that like even our own country can't stay out of debt. How can you expect citizens to stay out of debt? We don't learn about taxes in school. We don't, I mean, literally taxes, like I do our taxes in our household and I write a lot of things off so that we don't have to pay taxes because I do. (laughs) I'm not going to, I was going to say something that I did, but anyways, but (laughs) we like, we don't even learn about taxes in school, which it wouldn't matter because they change the laws all the time or or budgeting or or how to write a checkbook. I know. Right. Those things. And everybody talks about it. And we're always like, yeah, why don't we learn those things? It's a good thing to learn in school. But like nobody does anything to change it. And and, in my opinion is that that is done on purpose. Like we aren't learning about those things because they do want us to stay in debt. They Mm -hmm. do want us to like we're paying the banks and making the banks richer. We're paying the credit cards and making the credit cards richer. They want us to do that. They want us to be worker bees, be happy with the stuff we accumulate keep living life like that. Okay, wait. So really quick before we move on, read those numbers again now that we have some clarity around it. So it was per citizen. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Because that's a big number. I want every, no, anyone is. who's listening, just like listen so, to this for a minute. Per citizen in the United States yeah. is in, if you take the national debt and you divide it among all citizens in the United States it's of America. It's 95000 $95,000. $267. Which is insane. $95,000. more than some people make in a year. More than or the more average country. person. Yeah, the average person. In year. And then per taxpayer, it's $248,000. $248,000 in bananas. And that's what probably the average price home is across the country. Around three hundred, I'm assuming. So I didn't look it's, that up. But. Sorry, $276,000 per... No, $248,000. $248,000. taxpayer. So that's adults, I guess. That would so be you. Right. The kids and me are probably and what makes it... Anyone who's listening. We're right. all, that would be our debt. If we yeah, had to. it's an insane amount when you think about it. Okay, and then my husband said something recently and I'm probably not going to say it right, but I'm going to try. He said the difference... I think he heard Joe Rogan say this or something. The difference between a millionaire and a billionaire. So money-wise, just to conceptually think about how much more money a billion dollars is than a million. He said a millionaire, like if it was sec, if it was time, would be like 30 seconds. I'm, I'm totally going to butcher this. But a billionaire would be like 30 years. Like that's how much of a difference that number is jump wise. I totally probably butchered that, but there's a huge difference. You have to think about it conceptually. Like a billion dollars is a ton. And this is, we're talking a trillion dollars. So if let's just say a billion dollars was 30 years, what is a trillion dollars? 2000 years? Like it's probably a huger number. Like I just don't even know how to conceptualize it. It's such a big number. And I don't think people realize when they hear million, billion, trillion, it's not the same. And we use those words so interchangeably. Like we do. everybody's a millionaire these right. days. So it really right. means nothing. Million, it's kind million, of like making um, $50,000 a year. Dollars. One million. Remember that? From, that was Austin Powers. Austin Powers, yeah. And they were like, ha that money doesn't even exist. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that was like 25 years ago or 20 years ago. It was like in the 60s. No. In Austin Powers oh, when they were, because right. like he went you're back right. in the time machine and they you're went right. back to the 60s, But I'm right? saying the movie came yeah. out. No, like no, no, the movie ago. came back. Yeah. So even more insane today. So then when you think about 
inflation that's happening right now, mm-hmm. even though our president denies that we have inflation. When you look at the numbers, there's well, actual inflation. Because they don't take into account groceries and gas for inflation. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But here's the, the inflation rate. So the inflation rate over the last, let's see, I think it was 20 years that I looked this up, teeters between like one and 2%. That's probably like the average. There are years that it was higher. So in 2020, it was 2.5% inflation. In 2000, it was 27 2008, that was one of the high years. That was 4.3. That was like the highest it was in the last 20 years. And obviously that was right before the boom, the uh, real estate boom or whatever. So it, it, it's and on average is about one to 2%. And then so in 2020, when our new president came into office, it was 2.5%. It had gone up. In 2021, it was 1.4%. In 2022, it was 7.5%, oh, which is wow. the highest it's been. And so far in 2023, in January, it started at 6.4%, which is really high, but it's been going down every month. So right now it's at 4.9% for 2023. But that's this month. And Mm so obviously we won't know what the average is over the next 12 months until it's over. But it's just interesting to think about that because even though our country was doing so well at a certain point, we, I think everybody still can like teeter with debt. At least we do. We've gone in and out of debt many times, but I think on average, most Americans have debt. And I looked up that number as well. The average debt balance of an American is $96,371. (laughs) $96,371. That was 2021 data. So that's the most recent data. So this is not national debt. This is this individual. Is individual debt that a, a that a person is carrying in 2021 was about $96,000. Wow. And so it's, it's not an uncommon issue. It's actually really prevalent. I can't even believe, honestly, that people use credit cards. When I was growing up in my teens, I got a credit card early so that I would have credit history longer. Mm-hmm. And so I remember, I think my first credit card was 18 or 19. And back then they had fixed interest rates. So you could pay off your balance and not get charged interest. Right. Now they have these variable rates that go up and down. They charge you the average of the month. They change it all the time. It's insane that we even use credit cards because it's up the wazoo what they charge us. But now they're pushing our country towards cashless society. We don't accept cash. And so that's kind of scary to think about as well, because what are we all going to be using? And obviously there's a lot of talk about cryptocurrency and all these other things. It's just an interesting thing. So I'm kind of just laying the background of what we're dealing with in our country because that's why I'm I'm saying like, I know I'm not alone. I know this no, is not normal. No. And I know that it's not anything to be embarrassed about. I think a lot of people go through this. We also live in a really rich area. So maybe the, the average person around us doesn't carry debt, but I think there are people who do and it's not abnormal in most of the country, but it does make it harder, I think, to live in a, a rich area like we do because it's like you're always trying to compete with the Joneses or, you know, you're always seeing people who are doing extravagant things and then you feel like you need to do those extravagant things, oh, you know, yeah. and I don't get caught up in that too much because I actually grew up here. So, you know, I went to school with people who had tons and tons of money, like kids get brand new cars that are $100,000. Yeah, and then they crash it within two months and the parents are like, oh, sorry, let's get you another one. Like, it's no big deal, you know? And I, you know, I had girls that I went to school with that had the latest designer everything, designer purses, designer clothes. Like they never wore the same thing twice. Like my parents had money considered doing pretty well compared to most of the country, but in Scottsdale, it wasn't enough. Yeah. So I've, I've been around it my whole life and I just, I think that it's, it's not normal where we live. So I just want to put that out there. And I know there's 
a lot of our listeners are local. So it's not to offend anybody. It's just like, this is where we live. You know, this is like, it's not normal. I feel like I have to teach my kids that all the time because we see Rolls Royces and Bentleys and all these fancy cars all the time. And I was like, if we grew up anywhere else in the United States, you would not see these cars on a daily basis. I see a Rolls Royce at least five times a day. It's insane. And and I I feel like I've seen more of them lately. And I don't know how that happens. They say the rich get richer during times of inflation. So we have those same conversations with our kids too, because they do see like my mother-in-law, my, we had my in-laws over for dinner last night and my oldest is just going through like this go fuck yourself phase where he (laughs) literally has nothing to do with anybody. And she was trying so hard to connect with him and have a conversation. And we were all sitting on the couch chatting and she finally goes, well, when you turn 16, what car do you want? And my my little one and my middle were like trucks immediately. Mm -hmm. And then my oldest was like, Lambo. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, um, okay, okay, take it down a notch. Right. We don't have Lambo dollars. Also, this will be your first car. Yeah. No. You're they have like, no concept This of is that. like an actual question I'm asking you. And he was like, I know, I'm just kidding. I'll take a Porsche. I'll take an old Lambo. <laughs> I'll, take, <laughs> I'll take a not brand new one. Okay. No, but he, he lowered his scale to a Porsche. To a Porsche, right. Which is insane money for most people. His mindset, because everywhere we go. That's what we see, yeah. But we see kids driving, the, like teenagers driving those cars. They're yeah. super loaded. And so we're constantly having to say to our kids, like, there's always going to be people out there that have more money than us. There's also people out there that have a lot less money. We need to be grateful for what we have and thankful. Right. Like We have right. a family. We're a happy family. We are able to have experiences. We're not going to Europe five times a year. That's, that's okay. Maybe one right. day we'll get there. Maybe not. But we still are like rich in love, which sounds super cliche, but there's people that have a lot more than we do, but there's also people that have a lot more problems than we do. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, so we try to put it into perspective well, like that. Well, I think, but I, th- it's I don't know where this comes from. I think that culturally we're taught to believe that money equals happiness and yeah. it doesn't equal happiness. And you can talk to anybody who's come from not having money to making money mm-hmm. and they tell you, it didn't make me happier. Buying the bigger house didn't make me happier. Having money to buy the cars that I wanted didn't make me happier. And I forget there was an Oprah episode. I know I talk a lot about her. I used to watch her all Oprah. the time. We, we Hi, Oprah. She she had a guest on. I think it was the director, producer of a Jim Carrey movie. And he had made it big. Like he had Mm -hmm. a a mansion or whatever. And he was like, it felt super empty. I was lonely. He's like, I thought my whole life that the success would come and I would be happy finally. There's just like the biggest life lesson is that if you're not happy now, you're not happy when you have lots of money. You're If you're not happy with what you have and you don't have the skills to be happy now, you're never going to be happy. Growing up, I would watch my brother that because we did grow up in Scottsdale. He wanted to have the things that all the people had. Mm -hmm. And the more things he got, the more unhappy he was. And he was always trying to fill like this void of not having stuff. So he thought that if he had had this exact thing, he would be happy. And he never was. I mean, I think that's just like a lesson that people need to understand. Like if you're not happy now, you're never going to be happy. And money doesn't matter. Unless you do the work, you have to do the work. And it's not just- You do have to work. You have to work on yourself. You have to work on yourself. You have to find the things that make you happy. Like if you're not doing something that's fulfilling or- or fueling your passion, like you're not ever going to be happy. But also just being grateful for the things that you have is important too, I think. To your um, piggyback off of your Oprah point, I read, I recently read an article about Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. He's a super famous actor and he was like a mega babe in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. And speed. 
Well, I recently just fell in love with him because of this article that I read. I don't know if you know this or if many people know this, but he's obviously super rich. He's, an, I think, an A-list movie star, probably. Yeah. Maybe like a B-plus, A-minus lister. I don't know what he is. He's pretty up there. Everybody knows who he, he is. He was. I don't know if he still is. I don't know. Well, anyway, he's always well, evidently been I mean, the Matrix movies made him and super famous. Point Break. Yum. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> He also played in my favorite or my husband's favorite movie, The Replacement. So probably kill me for saying oh that's his favorite movie, but he really likes I it. I don't know that movie. No one does. It's okay. not good. He, but my husband loves it. Anyway. That's funny. So this article was about him. He's, he's super rich and mm-hmm. he sort of dresses like a slob kebab, like yeah. a beach bum. Yeah. He dresses like a normal person. You will find him on the streets wherever he is, hanging out with a homeless guy, yeah. talking to them. He's just a good dude. Yeah. And if you didn't know he was Keanu Reeves, you would think maybe he was like a slummy, like a just like an average Joe, yeah. you know, out there yeah, yeah, yeah. barefoot, hanging I mean, out with the homeless. The richest people don't you dress no idea. super rich. He's super hum- they humble. They just dress average, yeah. honestly, because I knew somebody who worked in L.A. and they were, worked in a really high end store and they said the, the richest people would come in. You'd always look at their shoes because they'd have nice shoes on, but they would otherwise be dressed like an average person. And you'd be like, oh, they, they can't afford anything. But you would look to see if their shoes were nice because they would buy nice shoes. So you just never. And this was like in Beverly Hills. So yeah. I'm I mean, you just never know. You but. just never know. But what I was going to say is happiness doesn't buy you m- <laughs> <laughs> money doesn't buy happiness. Sorry, but it does help with problems. Like I was going to say it helps that. alleviate stress. It helps alleviate stress because you can afford mm-hmm. to do the things you want or you don't have to worry about the stress that I'm under right now, which is not fun. And so I'm happy for the things that I have and I'm super thankful for all the things that we have, but it's still stressful to have debt. Like totally. debt is one of the worst stresses I think Feels in like the you're world. Drowning. I feel like I have a freaking weight on my shoulders. Yeah. So talking about that, I also wanted to touch on the fact that like, okay, we don't learn it in schools. And we also, I wasn't taught it by my parents. My mom didn't have good uh, money handling skills. And <clears throat> so I watched her struggle with money. So I guess you learn some of those same things and it, you're not like my parents didn't teach me anything. Like they didn't teach me about investing. They didn't teach. I mean, they did teach me how to balance a checkbook, <laughs> but that's about it. Like they didn't yeah. really teach me anything. And I'm like, why didn't they teach me anything? Like well, I'll go to them. Is not good with money. Is that- no, she wasn't, but my she dad was. was. Okay. So, and then the funny thing is, is Austin and I have done the Dave Ramsey mm-hmm. classes or whatever. Yeah. And we did that class. And it, he says in there, <laughs> and he says this often, I think too, he says, you're, you always marry the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a morning person, you marry a night person, whatever. He goes, it's the same for money. Managing money. Yes. Mm-hmm. You usually, a saver will marry a spender. I did that. Yeah. And so that's common, I think. But when we, Austin and I were in the class, we're like, I literally think we're both spenders. And oh. I don't know how that happened. But we both will like justify spending money. So mm-hmm. I don't know, because I also teeter back and forth between justifying spending and then cutting back and justifying and cutting back. So I don't know if I'm a little bit of a saver. I don't know really. But I just think it's interesting that that happened. Yeah. But even then, like learning how like we had to we like that's sad that we had to buy a class by somebody like Dave Ramsey Mm -hmm. to learn what we need to do. Right. I don't think that's sad. I think that's powerful. It's taking your power back. I mean, it's sad from the point of view that we don't learn this from our parents. We don't learn it in school. And so thinking about all this, I'm like, I want to teach my kids to do that. But Mm -hmm. I haven't done anything to do that besides saving. We do save money with my kids. So when they get stuff, they are allowed to spend a little and they are allowed to save. But I love this concept that I've heard where, you know, you have a kid saving account. Most banks 
it's free. They don't have a minimum balance. They don't charge you a fee if you're if it's a minor. So you can do that and and teach your kids about saving money. But then there, I I came across something that was like you can have like three jars at home mm-hmm. where they put like their allowance. Spend, save, give. Spend, we have that. save, give. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we I've always loved that concept since my kids were toddlers. I was like, oh, I'm going to teach them this. Mm-hmm. Another one of those things you say you're going to do before you have kids. Now that I have kids, I feel like it just never occurs to me or we don't have time or something that I'm not focused on. But now I'm thinking about it more. Before my kids are too old, I want to teach them these skills now. Just the same as like I'm teaching them how to eat right and how to exercise and how to do chores and take care of their bodies. And mm-hmm. what? why am I not teaching them money? Why don't we do yeah. that? You know, why is that not something? Is it because I didn't learn it when I was a kid? Because it wasn't modeled for me? I don't I don't know. So it's something that I want to focus on. But you said you guys do this? Well, we have a, We have this spend, save, give piggy bank, uh-huh. which we can link on our oh, yeah. Instagram. Yeah. I can share it with you. It's my younger two spend it before they have it. But my oldest one has literally every single dime he's ever made from birth to now. Right. So he's like a natural born saver. He's a natural born saver. And he's so much the point so where he'll be like, instead of spending like- his own money, he'll be like, mom, what can I do to earn? Like I want this game or I want to go here or whatever. What do I need to do? I don't want to spend my own money. So right. what kind of a chore can I do? That's He's just That's naturally awesome. born that way. The other two, they're more like me. They're spenders. They're like mama. They're mama. Yeah. They spend... They take all of money. They will count coins, whatever they have to do. It's so funny because I feel like now thinking about my kids, my oldest is a saver too because mm-hmm. he's literally, I think, never bought anything. And, and that's not true. He has gotten gift cards that he's used, but I feel like I have to make him use them. He, yeah, I have to make him use them, use them. Like he If you don't use it, too. you're going to lose it. Yeah. That's so funny. And then my middle son is like, anything he wants, he's like, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Yeah. If, if I let you spend all this money, it's gone. You're, you're, you're $95,000 in debt. Right. <laughs> And then you're going to be on a podcast one day talking about it. <laughs> I am reading this book called um, Tapping Into Your Wealth. Have you heard of this book? No. Only because I am realizing that well, Chris and I had this conversation. I might have shared it on the last Summer Reset podcast. Okay. He was like, man, you had a big month. And I was like, we always get into an argument about money. And he blames it on me most of the time. Yeah. And I'm like... So to me, it's like triggering. We get into an argument or fight totally. about it. I think that's and like, why, why are you playing the blame game? Why is it always me? Like me, 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 me. Prove it. <laughs> yeah. And so he did. He brought home the. And so he did. And so he did. He brought home a printout of our bank statement. And I was like, there's nothing on here. Like, what did he do? He was like, you, 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 you. No, I just looked at it and it was clear. It was like Amazon, grocery store, all kids stuff. Yeah, but don't you stuff, do most of the purchases for your family? I do most of the purchases. But what I was not being thoughtful of was $11 here, $50 here, $100 here, $5 here, $25. All of that shit added up. Right. And in just one month, my spending was almost $5,000 and I literally had nothing to show for it. Yeah. And granted, some of it was groceries and I never used to be a person that paid attention to no, groceries. But, the inflation but now for I groceries am like is noticing so high. that I don't know my, my bill is, is a weird. lot higher than it's ever been. That's okay. I didn't notice that before, but now I'm noticing it's high. Same thing with gas, all of those things, right? But it also made me aware, like, do I really need that purchase from Amazon. Do yeah. I really need this subscription? The subscriptions also, those kill you. Yeah. Those are oh things. my God. I just went through and deleted all of our subs- subscriptions. Do you know that I was like subscribing to Audible and then I'd get my kids a book and it's like, I forget how much it is. It's like $16 a month or something yeah. for Audible. Yeah. And I just canceled mine. It's $16 get, a month. Is it $16 yeah. a month, right? Yeah. And you get one book credit. Yeah. So if you're smart, then you're getting books that are $29.99 or higher. 
those are the free books. Those are the books you want to use for your credit. Right. I was getting kid books that were like $6 so cheap. using my credit. So really I'm paying $16.99. You're paying more. For a $6, a $6 book or a $4 book. And I was like, what the fuck? All of that adds up, right? Yeah. So every month that's a, almost $200 a month. And that doesn't seem like a lot because it's one thing, except it's not just one thing. It's also Hulu. It's Amazon Prime. It's mm-hmm. Netflix. Well, it's- here's the thing. I literally started boycotting subscription. Mm-hmm. Like anytime anything comes up and they're like, oh, it's a subscription. It's a subscription. Everything is subscription a subscription. And I remember them talking about this on Shark Tank. This is what investors do. How do we get you up front? And then how do we continue to keep you a customer? Whether you need us or not. Yes. And so mm-hmm. um, what's the bike that you have? What's it called? Peloton. Peloton. Peloton is a perfect example. Same thing with cars. Big investment up front. How do we get you for maintenance? Big investment on the Peloton. How do we charge you a monthly subscription? They don't need to charge you a subscription. They're doing it because, well, I mean, they do in some ways probably because they need to continually have employees and they're providing you something. However, there's some things that like um, apps or something, for example, they're charging you a subscription. It's not necessary. They're just making money off of you mm-hmm. like that. And so I like boycott that shit when any when I buy anything and it's like, oh, you need a subscription. I'm not buying it anymore because that's how they're like really hooking people because it's an automatic charge. You don't see it. It adds up and it's insane. Like and it's a tiny charge. Not always. I mean, a lot of a, a lot of times it is. It could Sometime. be five dollars or ten dollars yeah, or twenty dollars. But then you month, have twenty of those. Sounds like nothing, right. except when you have twenty. Yeah, and that's the problem. That's the then problem. You're paying through the nose. Right. So I just um, was talking to a friend, and she uses a program called Quicken. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah. Am I the only one that maybe no, doesn't I think, know about it? No, I think a lot of people use it for like per, um, businesses and stuff. Well, that's there's personal products. Oh, okay. Right? Or yeah, is that what it's called? QuickBooks? I don't know. Oh, shoot, are, are they the, the same entity? Quicken, it's the same thing, but yeah. the Quicken is for business. personal. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. It's for personal. Say. Yeah. So she was saying that you basically like plug it in mm-hmm. your all of your accounts and then it uploads to a spreadsheet. And then you, she's like, the first time you do it, you have to go through it sort of line by line. It does a really good job of category categorizing things. But mm-hmm. like there's certain things where her daughter has to get like acne medication. And so they put that under like cosmetic and beauty, but actually it was a medical expense. Yes. So there's a couple of things, but she said it was so eye-opening because then it allowed her to sort of budget yes. each category. Like this is how much we can afford on groceries. This is how much we can afford on entertainment. This is how much we can right. afford on whatever. And you categorize it when you have it there in front of you it helps you really scale back. I think that's the problem that I have with credit cards is out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Swipe. So this is really funny. My senior paper in high school was on credit card use. It was? Yes. And it was my research paper and I got an A on it. And it was how using credit cards, you're not physically seeing that money leave your account Mm -hmm. or your hands. So it's easier to just be like, swipe, swipe, swipe. Like you just have endless amounts of it. And so that's how people get in debt. That was my freaking senior paper. And then here I am. I will always swipe before I give the cash. Why am I hoarding the cash? Here's here's why I like credit cards. I hate carrying around money. Mm-hmm. I always am like a freak about people stealing it or me losing it or dropping it or not counting it right or not getting the right change back. Like you have to pay attention. You really have to pay attention. And I feel like so credit cards just make it easier. Like I don't like to go into the gas station to pay. I just want to swipe my card and leave. Mm-hmm. Like there's just a lot of conveniences, but conveniences are not always good. And obviously if it's convenient, they know that they're going to be, you're going to want to do it. And so then they can take your money. Say what you're saying about the QuickBooks or whatever. Quicken, we, which we can quicken. link it. 
too. We can link it. I actually use something like that. It's called Mint and okay. I've loved it. It has been really helpful. The funny thing is, is that, link that too. Like, when Austin and I first got married, we used something called envelopes. It was the same thing. Like you attach all your accounts and then you had like digital envelopes because mm-hmm. that's how people used to budget I or remember. that's how Dave Ramsey teaches you. Put your cash in envelopes yeah. and then you have it ready. And it's funny because now everywhere you go, they're like, we don't accept cash. So that's going to be real fun for people trying to budget. Anyways, he's going to have to revamp his program. He's going to have to revamp his program. <laughs> Anyways, it does the same thing. So it categorizes stuff. And what I like about Mint, and I don't know if it's the same on Quicken Books or Quicken. Quicken. I'm like mixing them both up now. <laughs> it will say there's uncategorized ones, but also so that you can go through and say like, this is what we use that for. Like, let's say you write a check and it's just like, they don't obviously know what that is for, but they also have an option where you can set rules. So like if you always have something coming out of it and it it always category categorizes it wrong, you can say from now on, this goes in this folder right. or whatever. So I really like it. It's helpful. The problem is, is when Austin and I sat down and we're discussing our finances and going over our budget, the things that we have to pay for is this is why we're in debt. The things that we have to pay for are so expensive mm-hmm. and cost so much money that we don't have anything left over really. Yeah. So every month when we're doing anything extra, it really adds up, especially when you have those little charges. Like we're not going out and buying like brand new cars or expensive furniture, or designer handbags. Like we're not doing those yeah. things and we still have debt. So it's like, it's just those things. And one of the biggest costs for us is health insurance. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's such a scam and everybody knows it's a scam and we all just continue to do it. And I wish there was a way we could just be like, end all insurance because they don't allow you to go to doctors you want. Like we have a hard time getting insurance because my I was a contract worker for 11 years and Austin works for a small company. So we don't get like these benefits and yeah. and it's expensive. And there was years like when Obamacare first came out, that ruined us. Like we couldn't afford it. It was so it insanely expensive. Mm-hmm. Then we went without insurance for a few years where we had like what we thought was emergency insurance. And then my son broke his arm and literally broke a bone. And we went to the ER and they're like, yeah, we don't cover this. And we're like, okay, it's an emergency. And they're like, no, an emergency is like a car accident or getting shot by a bullet. <laughs> like, okay, now we need to find insurance again. So then we had to go back and get insurance. So we're paying not only the monthly premium is high, the mm-hmm. deductible is so high, we'll never meet it. The doctors that we go to that aren't covered, like yeah. nothing. And then when I do go to doctors that are covered, like I just, when I got my diagnosis for POTS, the tests that she ran weren't covered. And so then the insurance is sending me letters saying, you don't need this test, you need this test. And I'm like, can you just let doctors do what doctors need to do? Like they're having a conversation with their patient and they, every doctor's different. And I think doctors should have the free will to do what they believe is best. Mm -hmm. Like you don't know what doctors reading the latest research. Medical science is like 20 years behind what the research says. So if you find a doctor that's great, then you should listen to what they have to say, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. But, But not with your insurance. Your insurance will say, no, we don't want to pay for that. So we're going to suggest this cheaper one or this one that doesn't really find what you need or whatever. They just, and it's like ridiculous. So now you have to fight and it's always a hassle. And then to get things covered, you have to like jump through hoops. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's such a scam in my opinion. Yeah. And honestly, like if we didn't have kids, I feel like we would just not have insurance at all. But, and then so many things like aren't covered you know, that you need. Yeah. So then you're paying out of pocket. Out of pocket and the co-insurance and the co-pays and the deductibles. And, and like, that's not, we spend $30,000 a year on insurance. Yeah. That's, and that's through my husband's business, but it's, he owns the business. So it's our money that we're spending. Right. He's got an employee and he pays part of hers. And yeah, we have, my son has, uh, my little guy has cerebral palsy. So we have a higher insurance oh, a amount. category or whatever, you know, we're in the higher tier 
Oh, of to needing make sure that he gets all the everything stuff. that he needs for whatever medical um, stuff he needs. He has got he's had surgeries and stuff. And so in order to keep us out right, of like, major debt, to. we have to pay. And that's been great when we need it, except we're still paying $30,000 a year. So actually, I don't even know. I know. I do, it's like it, such a scam. It, it really is. Just, and that burns a hole for sure. And then there's other things that your kids need, whether it's tutoring. Tutoring is expensive. That's, yeah, yeah. The cheapest tutoring I found is $50 an hour. We have kids with dyslexia. I don't know how much you pay. I pay $70 an hour for two kids twice a week to go. Yeah. That's, we, that adds up. I mean, we had to pay that big, big cost for ben Linda the, Mood Bell. So and we, and had we did it, it twice. For, yeah, we did it Actually, twice. Actually, like two and a half times. But anyways, <laughs> but yeah, that, it all adds up. It's so expensive. And mm-hmm. I will never not do anything my kids need. So 100%. if my kids need something medically or for school or whatever, I'm doing that we'll for them. We'll go into debt for that. I will go into debt for that. I don't care if I'm paying it mm-hmm. when I'm older because it's important to me. And obviously right. everybody decides what's important to them. Absolutely. And like I said, we're not spending it on things that I think are superfluous. Like maybe somebody else doesn't, but that's why everybody has their thing, right? Everybody mm-hmm. decides what's important for them to spend money on and what's not. And your kids are only little once. So my husband and I, we justify trips we take or things that we do with the kids because we know that we're never going to get that time back. So it is it is what it is. And that's what we decided on. And it's like, that's just what our personal beliefs are. And I'm not saying like, say, screw it and be stupid about things. You know, everybody probably does this in their own little way where they justify whatever they're doing, yeah. right? So I don't my know. My husband does not. He's very black and white when it comes to money. I wish I was more like him. Yeah. He's, but do good. You- He's like, nope, I don't need it. He doesn't have that. Keep up with the Joneses. I'm like, sometimes it's hard. I don't usually do that either. And I'm like, it's hard living but in But we Scottsdale. live in a hard There's, place to not do it. It you can know? be really hard. And no matter how grounded and sen- centered you are, sometimes it gets to you. Totally. Like, why does everyone around me seem to be getting it right and we're getting it wrong? Right. And I he don't... like, I'm like, maybe we should move. And he's like, I, what are you talking? Like he grew up here. He doesn't see that at all. He's fine in his pickup truck and his flip flops and like having our bedroom furniture that we've had, you know, since college actually yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's how it is like what everybody else is remodeling our their house yeah the things that we did to our house need to be fixed right like, we didn't even get to finish you know what I mean like what are we doing wrong they're going on vacation they're going to the beach for a month we can't what's happening what's going on and it's, yeah he is very much like if we don't have cash then we can't afford it yeah we don't have the money we can't right. afford it and we've gotten an some trouble, you know, throughout our 20 years together. Right. And we've gotten ourselves in trouble as of recently because of these big bills that we've had to pay for the kids, which mm-hmm. we would do a hundred times because it's worth its weight in gold, but it does suck. It, it does. does leave you feeling like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Well, and I don't feel like the inflation is helping. I've never Nothing. paid so much in gas. I've never paid so much in food. I just, it's, and, and, and we live in a nice part of the country. So I can't imagine where people live in other parts of the country, if how much harder that is for them I as know. well. And I just, it's like so heartbreaking to me. I don't understand. I mean, I do understand. We live in a system that's designed for us to fail in that way. And I mean, like if I could be a superhero and fix it all for everybody, I would. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to solve it. I don't. I don't know. It's it's tough. And that's why I wanted to do a podcast on it because I wanted to expose what I think a lot of people go through and don't talk about. I mean, there's a joke here in Scottsdale. Like there's a, you know, hey, that guy is a $30 millionaire or $30,000 millionaire. Did I say that right? I don't know. I've never heard that <laughs> joke. We're like, they drive um, an expensive car and they live in this nice house, but they make 30,000 K a year. It's a joke because it's... I have heard it, I think. Yeah. Because they act like they're millionaires. 30,000 But they're not. They're not. It's a joke. It's obviously... they're living beyond their means. They're living beyond yes. their means. And, and I think that that's 
it's a joke and haha, it's funny because that person might really be doing that. And I think people do like to pretend on the outside that everything's perfect. Like, oh, we can buy this car that we can't really afford or we can do this trip that we can't really afford and then just pretend like nothing's really happening. And I think there is something happening for a lot of people that we just don't know about and people don't talk about or people don't want to admit to themselves or they don't want to admit to the world, which is fine. I'm not saying everybody should expose their truths, but I'm all about talking about things authentically and hopefully help helping people. And I think that this is not something that is exclusive to us going through this. I think no, that I mean, that's so why many people that's why I are going through that. Stats. Obviously, if the Our debt is country. that high per US citizen, that's that's scary. That means that we're not alone. But that's the average. So obviously people can be in less debt and then and people can be in more debt. It's just insane it's, to it's think about. It's a scary thing to think about. It tells me that we're not alone in thinking like this. It tells me that there's a lot of work to be done. And for anyone who's out there listening, hopefully we've helped you. Yeah, you know, with the, this you know that you're not alone. You're not alone. And that we struggle with the same things. I try some of these things that we've talked about. What is your, what are you trying now to, do you have any? (laughs) No, I'm not talking about what we're doing now. But I mean, I, I, we don't know what we're doing. Honestly, we're still trying to figure it out. Well, Chris and I are starting with this quick. And it's funny that we're talking about this now because we just decided, or we just heard about this last week. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to start doing it because I do need to do a lot of work. I am the spender. He's the saver. I know that. Yeah. And I didn't realize it because I'm not buying Louis Vuittons. Like I'm not going on fancy vacations. We're not frivolously spending. Yeah. But I am spending. Well, and that's what I'm saying, though. It's not even that you have to spend on those things. When inflation is high, Mm -hmm. all of those things cost money. Nobody's paychecks are going up as far as I know. Well, yeah, I know that my husband is in sales. And so when he gets bonuses, all that does is bump us into another tax bracket. And then we have to pay the taxes Mm -hmm. and we don't even get that money. So it's just one of those things that it's like, that's what I'm saying. I feel like the system is designed for us to fail. And so it doesn't matter what we do right or wrong. And kids are expensive. Like, let's just be honest. Kids are expensive. These freaking Mm -hmm. camps in summer are expensive. I can write it off because we do need to work and the kids need to be in camp, but they, you know, the camps are insane and they've all gone up $500 a month. Yeah. That one, that one camp that we looked at was $400. I know per kid. So I'm like nine to noon. Oh no, this one was a a fuller day, but it was $400 for one kid for a week. And I have three kids. So that's 1200 bucks. Yeah. Like nobody just has that that extra money laying around. Like, I just think it's insane what they charge and I'm all about my kids getting what they need. And so we will always put our kids first and that's what we do. And I feel like we're in debt because of it. So if I'm in debt because of it, then there's other parents out there that are probably going through the same thing. hundred percent. And the medical stuff, like... We pay so much in medical, I can't even tell you. Yeah. That's a whole nother thing. But anyways, what I was going to try and end this podcast with, because we got to get going, was teaching kids about money. So you guys do the three piggy bank things. I think that's important. Spend, save, share. Yeah. I love that. So those are or for no, like- sorry. Spend, save, give. Spend, save, give. Yeah. Or donate. Um, so kids under nine years old can can do that. So you can start that young mm-hmm. and just- and then. What I was reading online that kids around age nine start to have a better concept of what money is and how you can use it and that type of thing. So talking about how much money, because we, we've been talking to our kids about how much money stuff costs and they're yeah. like, oh my God, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, yeah, like, it's not. When you just want to go out to dinner, you just want to do this. It's not cheap to do those things. So talking about money in front of your kids, saying how much things cost, that can help teach them. But in a healthy, positive way, because I think the biggest key here is to teach your kids how to have a positive relationship with money. Yes. So that they know 
I can't afford this now, but it doesn't mean I can't afford it ever. I just have to prioritize, work hard, budget, Mm -hmm. and then I'll get there. Well, I think the choice of words that you use Mm -hmm. is very important. And And I don't want my kids to have, like you said, a negative relationship with money. I don't want them to think that money is hard to get, but I do want them to have a realistic idea of what money is right. and and that things are not just free they don't just appear <laughs> they don't just appear because that's what happens it YouTube just appears video. for them <laughs> right, right right and so you know teaching them those things I think is important but also just talking about money not oh my god we can't afford this because then they're going to be stressed out about it you don't want your kids to be stressed about the money but you could say oh yeah well we're not going to do this because it's cost this much money mm-hmm. and that's just something we're not going to spend our money on right now. You don't have to say it in a way that is scary or stressful for a kid. But um, so be careful with how you choose how to talk about money. The advice also that I found online for nine to 12 year olds was taking them to to a grocery store and teaching them. And I think I learned this when I was in middle school or high school, we went to tour a grocery store. I don't yeah, know if that's a normal field trip. I think it was trip. like a home ec field trip. Probably. I, I guarantee too. you they don't do it anymore. But they went, we went to the grocery store and they showed us in the back and they showed us how they get food and all this stuff. Anyways, they also showed us those little stickers that show you how much something costs per ounce. So even though you're getting the bigger bottle and it's more money, it's probably cheaper per ounce than the smaller bottle. So if you know you're going to use a lot of it, that's how you budget. Like you can just teach those things, take them to the grocery store and talk about it. I still use that to this day to decide which item I'm going to purchase. And age 13 to 15, you can actually come up with a budget for your kids. So they suggest if your kids get an allowance, set up a budget for lunch, have them start paying for their lunches Mm -hmm. if they buy it at school or whatever, to have a budget for supplies. If you need this notebook, then you should have a budget of your own money. And obviously, if it's something that your kids have to have and they don't have enough money for, obviously, you know, you can step in and pay for it, but you can teach them like, look, you didn't save enough money for this and you need to eat. So, you know, just teach them that actual concept where they're literally using a budget. I wish my parents had done that because mm-hmm. using a budget is hard mm-hmm. and sticking to it. Sticking to it is harder. It doesn't happen. So no, it's really hard. It's something you it, can well, teach And I think them. the hardest part is when it's out of sight, then it's out of mind. Right. That's right. Well, the credit card. The card is so like, hard. Just swipe, swipe, swipe. You're yeah. not seeing that money leave your hand. You're not actually knowing mm-hmm. if that money is there sometimes. And so it's dangerous. The other thing they talked about was discussing with your kids when they're 13 to 15 years old about is wants versus needs. Do you want this or do you need this? And the example they gave, I thought was thought was kind of cute. They talked about potatoes and gravy. So we need a potato to eat to survive. We have to have that potato to give our body food, but the gravy makes it taste better. That's something mm, you want. Like gravy. that's not something you have to have. If you're starving, you have to have the potato. But if you want it to taste a little better, add a little gravy. That's your want, right? <laughs> So I thought that was a good idea. And then they also discussed going over the stock market. So I feel like we did learn about the stock market in school, but we didn't learn about it like, oh, this is how you invest and this is how you grow. And this is how it was more like a math problem. You like Mm -hmm. figure this out mathematically. And I remember it was a concept I couldn't get. I'm not very good at math. Not ashamed of that. I'm just not really good at math. So it's something that was hard for me to learn. And so then I'm like, I don't want to learn this because it's too complicated. You know, they didn't like break it down. It was more like, I remember one of my teachers, I think it was like an algebra teacher or something. They were like, we're going to do the stock market and you're going to look it up in the newspaper. And I mean, I don't even know, you know, it was just like pointless (laughs) shit. They didn't like actually teach us. No, I think it was more from math. It was more math. It wasn't about learning how to invest your money. No, it wasn't like, oh, this is how you can grow your account. Invest, you know, $5,000 when you're born and then $200 every month and you'll be a millionaire by your 30 or like something like that, you know, that you could actually 
show kids you can actually do this if you if I had started investing money when I was in high school. Well, that's funny because I was reading this article this morning and it said the number one thing that you can teach a kid who's got their first job. Like if you think about the first thing you ever did with your paycheck, do you remember with your first ever paycheck what you did? No. You would if you invested it. Oh. I was like, Boom. damn. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you have my attention. That's <laughs> like, so, so powerful, funny. right? It is. Because it. Do you, you know remember? why? Because whatever yeah. you bought is gone now. Yeah. You don't have anything to show for it. And if you had invested it, maybe you would still have it in your account. You could be a trillionaire. That's so crazy. No, I don't think you could be a trillionaire. (laughs) I think that would be You could be probably way more, you know, way better off than what you are now. Totally. If you learned how it's to invest. It's funny because now... Because it's not like you're just going to invest one time and then never do it again. You're going to invest. You're going to watch it grow. You mm-hmm. might be inspired to continue investing well, in other you know things. what's funny is I always hear people talking about these high yield savings accounts. Mm-hmm. I can't find any. Like the ones that you, you can find, they want like a huge amount up front. Yeah. That you can't really... Like most people can't always do. Yeah. And like when you're in your 20s, you definitely don't probably don't have that money. So I don't know the high yield savings account where it compound interest. Yeah. Like Ramsey always talks about. I'm like, where are these accounts at? Please show yeah, me. I if I you would guys do know, it. let us know. Yeah, seriously. But we could talk about this for ever, yeah. obviously. And maybe we're just scratching the surface of something. Yeah. A new series. I just wish that it was taught in school and that we as parents can yeah. take that on ourselves and be the ones that teach our kids. It just sucks that it's not like a life lesson that they're learning at school. Why are life skills not taught at school? Well, because it's not easy for everyone. And if we don't know how to do it ourselves, how can we be expected to teach our kids? That's Yeah. That's and our hard. government doesn't know so, how to do it clearly. So why would they be able to teach well, we kids should, about we it? We should bring back the home ec teachers that teach you how to budget and save. Yeah. But maybe like revamp I took it. home ec, but I didn't learn budgeting. Did you? Yeah, I did oh, a whole you did. like business oh, plan on it. We just learned how to like cook and sew and we did that too, but we did like a, we had to do like a whole business plan. It was like a little elevated of a, I think it was actually just economics maybe. Yeah, maybe. It was an economics class. Yeah. Cause you took government and economics in high school. I did, but they were separate. Yeah. Economics separate was classes. a separate class. Yeah. It was like one semester or one. Yes. It was, yeah, one it was an elective, I think. It was the same teacher. I don't know. It was like, I can't remember. It was a thousand years well, ago. Well, anyways, I hope this episode helped you if you want to, you can DM us at, um, at mob squad podcast on Instagram. You can share this episode. You can like it. You can leave us a review. That would be so helpful. If you want to share it with other moms, you know, we'd also really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Bye.